0: Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good. Really good. Because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert, and award winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke.
1: Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Polika, and with me today are my good friends, Petra Burr. Hello. And Kate Abba. How do? From the Kindred Spirits Canine Education Center in Vista, California. This is our second podcast of 2009, and I know Kate's still in denial that it's 2009. I'm getting used to the idea slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had to write any checks yet? Oh no. <laughs> See, there you go. I, never that. I did uh, debit cards now. <laughs> but anyway, in our first program of the year, we talked about the AKC's new Puppy Star program, part of which is socialization. Today, I want to talk more about socialization. The first half of the program will talk about what it is, what you should do with the puppy, the ages, and why. And then the second half of the program is what to do when your veterinarian doesn't agree with you. Because we see, hear from so many puppy owners who say, my vet says not to take the puppy out till he's had all his shots. Well, that's, that's okay. Your, your veterinarian's worried about your puppy's physical health. but We're also worried about his mental health. And so we're going to discuss that and talk about how you can socialize your puppy um, carefully, safely, but still get the job done. Because uh, an unsocialized puppy grows up to be an unsocialized dog, and you can't make up for it later. So let's take a break, to listen to a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back.
0: Sit. Stay. It's a Doggy Dog World, we'll be right back after a short pause, well four to be exact. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. (coughs) So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. (coughs)
1: Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host Liz Polika and with me today are my good friends Petra and Kate, and we're talking about puppy socialization. So, what's socialization? Well, exposing them to the world, other people, things. To, to quote
3: an an erudite and well learned author, and <clears throat> Liz Paleka, <laughs> uh, we know her from one of her books, one of her many books. <laughs> Socialization is the process of introducing your puppy to the world around.
2: I
1: so mean, that's everything the puppy's going to have to deal with in his lifetime. Trash trucks going by, motorcycles, cars backfiring. And of course,
3: you know, you're not going to be able to do everything the puppy might encounter. But you start the process of learning, being around new things. It doesn't have to be scary. doesn't have to be exciting. It just... Getting to know new stuff is part of life.
1: And it's a skill for the owner too, because how many owners have we seen the puppy reacts to something new and the owner immediately grabs the puppy and goes, oh, it's okay, sweetie. (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) Yeah. way too many. (laughs) And that, for our listeners, builds fear. Refer to the previous podcast, Feeding the Fear. (laughs) How not to
4: do it. Well, and like we always say, and again, in Liz's book, <laughs> one of many. Yes. My, should, my publicity department. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pass later. Um, that we, Socialization should occur between 10 and 16 weeks. And we see when it happens. We see when that doesn't happen. And there's a world of difference.
3: Right. It's called the window time of socialization for a reason. You know, that's six weeks out of your puppy's life that can have a big, huge, major impact on their emotional and mental stability as a grown-up?
1: Well, you figure the first, first four weeks of life, the puppy's with his mom and his litter mates. The first two weeks, his eyes aren't even open yet. Right. So there's, you know, he can be handled by the breeder, get used to being touched and so forth, but there's not a whole lot happening then. After that, he's playing with his litter mates, They chew on each other. They learn bite inhibition. Mm -hmm. Um, Mom starts to step in when the puppy gets a little too rough or too rowdy. She'll even correct him. So he's the first four weeks of life, it's his mom and his litter mates. And we see problems with this if there's a singleton puppy, if there's only one puppy in the litter. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had one, Pepsi, many Uh years ago.
4: And she was a singleton. And I think the only saving grace there was when i got her we exposed her to our other females right away and she a little late bloomer but she picked up and she was a good girl sure she was a very good girl but i think the other dogs and we being trainers knew what to do right away but people who don't
1: like we we have one person in class now that has that newfie oh yeah newfoundland that was the only puppy in the litter and he's mm-hmm. got some aggression issues mm-hmm. he uh he thinks he's way too important yep. and unfortunately he's way too big <laughs> <laughs> and then there's orphan puppies that are bottle-raised uh, we see a lot of behavior problems with bottle-raised puppies well and many of them of course
4: is women bottle raising them as they were a human child sure. and it
1: doesn't work and we've seen one. Mom, mama dog doesn't rock the baby and go, oh, honey, <laughs> life is so good. Uh, mama dog goes, when the puppy gets too rowdy, she goes, quit biting me, little shit. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and the puppy learns, you know, the rules of the, of the world. But uh, orphan puppies who have no litter mates to teach them bite inhibition, mom isn't there to teach them to accept discipline. You know, one good example. Many years back, when I did pet rescue up in uh,
4: Oregon, we took a litter of uh, Springer Spaniels, and I had to take three, and the other two girls split the rest. We bottle raised them, because unfortunately, Mom, for whatever reason, didn't produce the milk, had no interest. abandoned. But because then, back then, I was training with you, Liz, Mm -hmm. and you knew exactly between the bottle feeding, what to teach them.
1: Right. You know? Right. So
4: actually, when my guys were old enough to be adopted out, very different personality compared to the, the rest of their, the litter. Sure. You know, and it was very obvious. And they went real quick. It was a whole personality. More of, they knew their bite inhibition. They, they, they knew the rules and all this. Ah, they stopped right away. The other was like, yeah, whatever. All the other ones were crazy, maniac, biting hellions. <laughs> sure. Well, it's <laughs> you know?
1: that, it's that. The socialization with mom and the litter mates from the first few weeks of life. This is interesting. Same litter,
4: same breed, different, three different women raising mm-hmm. them. Kate's looking different.
1: very thoughtful.
3: Well, I was just thinking, it's not that an orphan can't be socialized or a singleton can't be. It's what you do to make up for it. Exactly.
1: Exactly.
4: you got to so fill in being the mama dog. You have to give it all. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's some parts you don't want to do. You don't want to lick the puppy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you go. <laughs> I'm not going there, but, a but anyway. Watch, uh, but a washcloth wash under the faucet works just fine. <laughs> well, come on, there's people we know grab their dogs with a scruff with the mouth. So yeah, I'm
4: just making yeah. a point.
3: But then, you you know, you used other dogs, not litter mates, but right? you used other dogs, to it? And that's sure. a subset of socialization in my mind is teaching dogs how to socialize with other dogs as well as with the outside human world mm-hmm. with other humans. I mean... Socialization is a broad definition.
1: Well, that was my next step. You just skipped a step for oh, sorry. us. <laughs> the, first, the initial socialization is with mom and littermates. If there's a singleton puppy or an orphan, that requires special help from the owner or the breeder because that creates a socialization problem. Then, when the puppy leaves the litter, then yes, then we're talking about socialization with other dogs. Friendly, healthy, vaccinated dogs. Um, Ideally, uh, a puppy kindergarten socialization class.
3: So they can meet other kinds. We were talking earlier about different dogs' breeds,
1: and sort of you can think
3: of them in my mind of having different cultures. Sure. So um, one of the examples sticking out of my head is a boxer who's only been around other boxers. He only understands boxer language. Sure.
1: And he gets around they another They stand dog. And they bounce up on their hind legs. They flail at each other mm-hmm. with their front feet. They, they growl a lot when they play.
3: Was introduced to the neighbor's great Pyrenees. And the Pyrenees said, my God, you are being so rude to me. Rah, rah, rah. Sure. And the puppy said, I didn't get it. I said all the things I say to other dogs. But he'd only talk to other boxers.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Well, so. Petra and I both have Australian shepherds. Aussies do the hip throw thing. Oh yeah! <laughs> when they run and play, they run circles around each other or the other dogs, and when they come into contact, they—I don't even know how to say it—they throw their hips sideways. They it's a hip slap. They they yeah, do a hip slap, hip block. <laughs> but the other thing is, is okay. Aussies don't have tails. Tails are a vital part of verbal communication to the breeds that have them. Mm-hmm. A lot of dogs. If they grow up, golden retrievers, for example, they have tails. Puppies grow up knowing what tails are. The first time a golden retriever puppy sees a Rottweiler or a Doberman or an Aussie without a tail, it can be, What's wrong with you? You're not conveying all the messages that I was taught. Yeah. Or vice mm. versa.
4: We've mm-hmm. seen Aussies or breeds that have no tail. Look at another puppy with a tail going, and oh, we've seen it. What's that
1: bite in your butt? <laughs> wow. what is that? Sticking out of there, it wiggles.
3: And legs. It took Walter. My everyone knows Walter, my little boy,
1: the busy boy, the busy boy, the
3: problem boy, the temper tantrum. It took him a long time though to learn to deal with the Aussies' hip slapping.
4: Sure,
1: because
3: I mean they knock him over, knock him and roll him and tumble
1: him. And yeah, he got mad for a long time until he finally decided that perhaps he was an adopted Aussie too. And and maybe he could play that game. <laughs> <laughs> and learn to avoid
3: it. Um, so he had to learn the, the dialect of that particular breed of culture. And, sure. Mm-hmm. And for him, how to because he's surrounded by the culture, how to do with it.
1: The other thing that we see sometimes that requires socialization is puppies imprint on their mother. Mm-hmm. So a uh, female Papillon has puppies. Her puppies imprint on her, they think they're papillons because that's what they see. If they're in a household with only papillons, that's all they know. They go out in the world, what are these other things? Mm -hmm. We call them all dogs, but the papillon says,
3: you're foreign. Especially a Papillon looking at the knees of a Pyrenees. I sure, mean, like,
1: yeah. <laughs> like ankles. Yeah, so, ankles. so puppies imprint on their mother and the other dogs in the household, if there are any. Mm-hmm. So they need to see dogs of other sizes and breeds and colors and body shapes and sounds mm-hmm. and smells. That's all part of socialization. But socialization's people, too. Oh, yeah.
4: And different and kinds per- of people. Different kinds, was well, a few years back, um, Liz's sister adopted a, a pity. Sweet boy. But remember his reaction to Hispanic men? Was he'd hide behind us and look around like, oh, I don't
1: know what you are.
4: He'd yeah, obviously
1: either had had extremely bad experiences or never Or never them. met. <laughs> yeah. So
4: again, with people, there's different ethnic groups and shapes and sizes and ages and well
1: how many dogs do we see that think children are creatures from another planet yeah exactly if they haven't grown up with kids they don't know what kids are
3: hmm and so- I thought I was doing enough to expose Walter to an adopted niece and nephew but they're unusual children and that they're quiet and reserved so oh, he yeah. met normal children who went you're not regular.
1: Ah, you're scary yeah. and it took a long time to get him over that
3: yes yeah. Well, a lot
1: of work. Ursa.
3: Oh yeah, she didn't
1: like kids for a long time. Most aliens, of her life, <laughs> they're aliens from another planet. Of course, she had good taste too. But <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you taught kids to be treat dispensers. Yes, yes. And then she thought, well, and since kids food, are cool. Since We're... food is very important. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And then things. Oh my gosh, how many things? Are in our world that dogs, vacuum cleaners, and the broom, and the mop, and the garbage disposal, and a plastic bag flapping in and out. Or the one that we've brought up in past podcasts, but we don't use a lot here, umbrellas. Umbrellas? Yeah, dogs in Southern California (laughs) don't get to meet many umbrellas. Nope. And then Kate has a whole variety of things that we've accumulated for her. Yeah, Kate's toy box.
3: Okay, they have everything from a uh, chanter, which is a practice device for a bagpipe. <laughs> so it makes some very strange noises. To Kate's toys that make mechanical sounds and beep and bop. And pop, and, pop, 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 pop. And that wonderful uh, animatronic uh, parrot.
1: Or the mm-hmm. apes' heads, the apes' yeah. <laughs> harmonica and and bojangles thing um, and Anything. whistles and Anything. squeakers in
3: half of it is showing the puppies that new things are just things to be checked out, right? And the other half is showing the owners that if a puppy does react with fear or aggression, how to deal with that, how sure. to teach,
4: and, and we do it not in just the puppy classes, even our advanced classes, we're therapy constantly, classes and, constantly exposing yeah. them to things. Mm-hmm. But what is nice, cause then our students go out there and they come back like, you know, my dog didn't even flinch when this and this happened or that noise occurred cause we exposed him so, to so much here as we can we out there in the big wide world. Not a big deal. Oh, let me look. What was that noise? Oh, okay. No problem. Go on. They didn't freak. They didn't panic. They didn't pull away and run down the street and none of that.
1: Another thing is um, surfaces to walk on. Uh, uh, Slippery floors, tile floors, carpets of different kinds, um, gravel, sand, grass, Wooden footbridges.
3: Savvier <laughs> breeders that I've talked to actually do that with very young puppies, putting oh, scraps definitely. of carpet and
1: linoleum mm-hmm. and in the
4: whelping box area. Put it in there. Sure. Put different Yeah. the ones we yeah. notice that have a problem with
1: surfaces is the um, pet store puppies. Yeah. Because yeah. they're just wire. on a cage, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then things around the house outside, um, the lawnmower. Not that the puppy's underfoot when you're mowing the lawn, but he hears it. He gets to hear the weed whacker. Mm -hmm. When my husband and I adopted Archer, who was five months old, he'd never heard or seen a weed whacker. And first time I went to do it, he wanted to attack the thing. And it was like, oh, you silly puppy, cut your nose in half. And I had my husband come out and help me and, and hold Archer while I turned the weed whacker on. And we were able to show him that it's not dangerous, don't attack it. And leave it alone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
3: Somebody asked the other day how to, to get their puppy not to be afraid of the lawnmower. And I said there are some things they should oh, yeah. be wary of. And yeah. Not freak.
1: They don't have to a freak. They don't have to attack it. But, but keeping, to leave it alone. keeping distance is fine. Because the lawnmower
3: is not his friend.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. Now, before we stop this half of the show, I want to quote something from a book by Clarence Faffenberger, it's called The New Knowledge of Dog Behavior, and this isn't a new book. This was published in the 60s by Hal Bookhouse. but Clarence Faffenberger was one of the first to study behavior and socialization for guide dogs. He worked with one of the guide dog um, schools, and they did a lot of studies on socialization, the ages of socialization, and so forth. And That's definitely a working dog that you want to be stable. A uh, guide dog, guide dogs, be more. able, to, gotta be able to deal with everything. Unflappable. Yes, and he makes a statement that I think is applicable to all of us, and he says, "A puppy who has had no socialization before it is sixteen weeks of age has little chance of becoming the sort of dog that any one of us would want as a companion." Period. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say anything about making up for it later. He doesn't say anything about waiting until the puppy's had all his shots. Very clear and concise. The puppy's got to have socialization before it's 16 weeks old.
3: And why? Because that's when his brain is laying down brain patterns, thinking patterns. Mm -hmm.
1: That's when he's ready for it. That's when his brain has developed to the point that he has to have it. After 16 weeks of age, he's going to go into a fair period. If he doesn't have that socialization, then he's not going to do it. So we're going to take a break for our sponsors real quick. When we come back, we're going to talk about socialization and your veterinarian. (laughs) So hold on.
0: Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke.
1: Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Polika With me are my good friends, Petra Burke and Kate Abbott. And in this show, we're talking about socialization. In the first half of the program, we talked about puppy socialization, what it is, the age that it's most important, what to socialize the puppies to. We crammed a lot of information in, in that short period of time. But now we're going to talk about a common problem we we see, unfortunately, a very common problem. How do you socialize your puppy in that important age period from ten to sixteen weeks when your veterinarian says keep your puppy at home till he's had all his shots? And it's tough. Want, and, we'll,
4: and we'll just say we're not going to argue within the vets. We have many close friends that are veterinarians.
1: Definitely. Luckily, Definitely. they agree with us. <laughs> and that would. Be
3: the absolute best for your dog's health is never to have, for his physical health, never to have any contact with any possible transmissions of other diseases. Sure. Of course. I mean, of I'm course. sure if I was a parent of two-legged, I would like to wrap them all in saran wrap, too. Yeah.
1: Now, a... a uh, yeah, right. <laughs> a veterinarian that I've interviewed for, for several magazine articles and a couple of my books, Dr. Sophia Yin, Y-I-N has uh, has a good article out on the internet. It's under nerdbook.com backslash Sophia. It's called Vaccines versus Puppy Socialization, A Confusing Debate. And the question at the beginning of her column was someone has a new puppy and she's been told to keep the puppy basically in the house until it's had all its shots. And Dr. Yin has a good explanation. She says that you know, of course, puppies that nurse on their mom are getting antibodies from the mother's milk. Mm-hmm. That protects the puppy's health. But once the puppy stops nursing, those protectants, she calls them, um start to decrease. They're becoming fewer and fewer in the puppy's system. At that point, the puppy can get sick if he's exposed to something. And unfortunately, things like Parvo can, you know, can kill a puppy. So... Vaccines should start eight to 10 weeks of age. And at that point, the vaccines hopefully are starting to take hold, building antibodies in the puppy system while the mother's antibodies are decreasing. And most veterinarians give the shots on a two to three week schedule.
3: That's, that's why they're done like that? Because you don't know without testing and the testing is you more don't expensive know, than the vaccine? You don't know how many
1: of the mother's antibodies are still there. And so we repeat the vaccines over this period of time so that, you know, because one puppy, the mother's protectants might disappear at eight weeks of age, where another puppy, maybe they last to 10, depending on the mother's immunities, how long the puppy nursed, how strong the mother's immunities were. There's a lot of variables in there. Unfortunately, some veterinarians seem to go a little too far. They're trying to protect the puppies. And so they make the blanket statement, don't take the puppy out. Now, ideally, it'd be easier if the veterinarian said, don't take the puppy to places where there are unknown or unvaccinated dogs. Like dog parks. Dog parks. Dog beach, where there's or, or even the pet store. Yeah. You know, because yeah. we don't know yeah. those dogs. But I think there's a happy medium in there somewhere. Because if... The puppy stays home in the house in the backyard, as so many owners do. When they hear the phrase, don't take him out, they, they literally don't, they don't take, take him out. Him out. <laughs> and then when the puppy's four or five months old and, and he goes outside or he goes someplace for the first time, we've got a extremely fearful, potentially fear-aggressive puppy. We've got a puppy who's out of his mind. Because he's never seen anything. Forget treating
3: one kind of human children as other aliens. For Forget treating one kind of human, those of another skin color or a different culture as aliens. Mm-hmm. If you don't take a puppy out until that later on age, then they are the alien in a strange planet. Everything, everything about them is different
1: mm-hmm. and scary,
3: potentially scary. Right, right. Uh, most likely scary.
1: right. Now, this can happen sometimes. We do see some adult dogs who've been given up because of behavior problems to the shelters. Someone else adopts the dog. Uh, So we have an adult dog in a new home who's obviously not been socialized. Now, the owners invariably call us saying, can I get into a group class? My dog needs socialization. Well... Unfortunately, you can't make up for a lack of puppy socialization. You can't go back in time and take this year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old dog back to when he was 10 to 16 weeks old and redo it. There's no there's no second chances here. So, what can they look for? Well, and we've seen them
4: come through class and I and I know I've taught we all of us have given that lecture to them. But what we do stress is we can teach control.
3: I even call it manners. manners. Sometimes it makes more sense to them. Mm-hmm. They, you cannot turn them loose in a room at a cocktail party and expect them to be well-behaved, but you can teach them manners and to look to you as to how they should respond to another dog or mm-hmm. another person or a scary thing.
1: Sure, yeah. But the owners also have to, and we see this so much, um... Try not to rescue the dog. Yeah.
4: Right. Right. And, and we see that uh, 95% of
1: the time. <laughs> Kate, Kate has a, has a, a good... Uh, Falling into the pity pit. There you yeah. go. Or the pity party. The dog is, is rescued. He's in a new home. He's fearful. He's scared. And so the owners want to save him. They pity him. They feel sorry for him. And they've all been beaten half. Or abused.
4: Wait a second. How about just never been socialized? Those are a little simple. Never socialized. Not
1: beaten or abused. So with adult dogs, we can't take the step back. We can't make them puppies again. We can't do the socialization that was never done. But we can, with training, have the owner teach them control. We can teach the dog to look to the owner for guidance as to how to react. I
3: love the phrase alternative behavior. Yes, yes.
1: Um, We've seen
4: other, well, well, we've seen a few dogs that they'll have the first dog, well socialized, a very open, friendly dog. Then they adopt one that is non-socialized. And but you notice they'll actually he'll watch what the other dog does. Oh, that person doesn't seem too bad. He's getting petted. He's all happy, and so let me try. That works as well. Watching the it's other companion in the family. Learning can occur. Uh
3: huh. Learning can occur in if if socialization was missing or done wrongly. Sure. There can we, be learning.
4: And we always encourage them to mm-hmm. use their other dog. Mm-hmm.
1: And then last case scenario. They can talk to their veterinary about uh, veterinarian about medication
3: or a veterinary behaviors or a veterinary behaviorist: If the idea is that during the prime optimal socialization time of growth of a puppy of ten to sixteen weeks that their their brain is plastic, I think is the term used plastic enough that it can be changed and molded a little bit then once they get older, and that's much more difficult, if not impossible, to do without creating new pathways. Sometimes medication can help relax the brain, make it a little more plastic, so make it easier to train new behavior, more new neural pathways, new ways of responding to things.
1: But owners have to understand that that's a long process. Yeah. There's no magic wand. Um, when the When the socialization doesn't happen when they're puppies, there's there's no magic wand that's gonna make it better. It takes time, and it takes a lot of uh, it takes a lot of practice, a lot of repetition, a lot of patience. So
4: again, uh, that's one thing. You adopt a dog, you're in the situation. You got to ask yourself: Do you want to put the time, the effort, into doing this? And can you keep the dog
1: safe, and people safe, and other dogs safe from this dog, or or to this dog during this process. Mm -hmm. Because many adult dogs that are unsocialized are very fearful.
3: Now the good news is a lot of shelters and rescue, not as many as we would like, but a lot of rescue groups and shelters, have started checking testing the dog for sociability. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Before you even get a chance to see those big brown eyes and fall in love with it. Right. So that you can go in with getting get a good well socialized dog to start with
4: which means be very be aware of the private parties yeah trying to place their dog for what the very sweet lady
3: that just got a two year old Rottweiler male unneutered she got him off craigslist Oh. She brought him off Craig's and she tried to do the right she says, we'll bring him over so I can spend a little time with him for a while and then I'll get you know, based on that we'll have another discussion. And the guy says, sure, sure, no problem. Great dog. Drops him off. She says, okay, I'll see you back in a couple hours. She never never... saw the man again. I Uh, see
4: that one, Kevin. uh, Yep, yep, yep.
3: Fortunately, she's an experienced dog, experienced dog owner, experienced with Roddies, and she is bringing him along.
1: But he's got some issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, let's talk another thing that we hear of often is socialization at the local dog park. Oh, dear. Now some dog parks can be great places and i've had people tell me what wonderful places they are for socialization they can also be horrible Mm -hmm. horrible the downfall is not every dog that shows up at the dog park is well vaccinated not every dog that shows up at the dog park is healthy Is there a
3: bouncer at the gate checking for proper vaccinations and whether or not that dog is stable enough to go play with others? Yeah. I have yet to see a dog park with
1: a bouncer. bouncer. Not all dog owners should have a dog in the dog park. Are all three people that are there (laughs) emotionally stable? There there was one here locally that was closed down for a couple months because of a dog owner who was rude and aggressive and offensive.
3: They had to call the police?
1: They had to call the police on him, and they closed the park down for for a couple months so that tensions could ease down, I think were the words they used. So there's pros and cons to dog parks. I would say if there's a good dog park in your neighborhood, and there's friendly dogs and friendly dog owners, and you can ask if the dogs are up to date on their vaccinations and healthy, then carefully very, very carefully. But um, be ready to grab your puppy, your dog at a moment's notice and get out of there. They they can be dangerous.
3: The few times I have seen it, a, a dog park work successfully is if enough of the dog owners that go there on a regular basis band together and self-police.
4: Exactly. Yes. exactly. And
3: provide social pressure if somebody comes in yes. that yes. is not abiding by the rules. So Mm-hmm. before you go in with your puppy watch for a while are the understanding talking to each other and ignoring the dogs
1: right are there kids running rampant okay hey. s- yeah. screaming and hollering and dogs chasing them my well, husband and
3: the pups might get into a squabble do the owners immediately get in there separate them you know straighten
1: them oh, out? puppies puppies young dogs will squabble just like kids will on the playground a certain amount of it's normal but
3: watch. Watch what's going on. Is that the environment you want your puppy or, to be in?
1: Or like listen, I saw, be
4: pay attention to the cars that pull up and yeah. their dogs hanging out, really aggressive and want, ready to tear into something. I'd be picking up my dog real quick and walking right out of that
1: park because you know trouble's coming. We we did we that. Saw we that, pulled remember? up out front of a dog park in Escondido. Oh my god. Watched a guy pull up with a pickup truck with a big German shepherd hanging out of it, screaming and hollering and growling. And that wasn't out of excitement. That was and a lot of excitement. The guy turned the dog loose as he walked in the gate and all mm-hmm. the other dogs oh uh. i didn't see blood drawn, but we left very shortly thereafter. Yeah, don't know when we it was watched. it was ugly. It yeah. was really, really ugly. So, yeah, be careful with dog parks. Now, along that lines, when we're talking about groups of dogs, there is a trainer on TV (laughs) who has a pack of dogs. It's basically like a group of dogs at a dog park. He brings dogs to his pack and he turns them loose in his pack. Unfortunately, we have a lot of dog owners who then call us and want us to do the same thing for their dog. Now, this gentleman on TV is obviously a very good trainer in his own right, but unfortunately TV doesn't show all the steps and it doesn't show the whole process. And a dog pack can be an extremely dangerous thing. Now, that said, here at Kindred Spirits, we do have a similar pack of our own dogs. Mm -hmm. And our dogs, at on Saturday morning classes, we can have 15 or 16 dogs here in our office yard running together and getting along well. And if we have a new trainer join our group with his or her dogs, they're introduced carefully Mm -hmm. and then allowed to run with the pack. So we do something similar. But taking a strange dog and turning it loose into a group of dogs.
3: Especially one that has already demonstrated behavioral issues.
1: Right. Now that's not to say that what this trainer rehabilitator does can't be used in good socialization practices on a slightly different scale. For example, we'll use an adult dog like Patrice German Shepherd Teddy or my Aussie Bashir if we have a aggressive pushy puppy That needs some adult supervision, some adult correction. By an adult dog. By an adult dog. But only with our well-known adult dogs that are trustworthy. Exactly. We know how they're going to react. And only after we've discussed it with uh, the puppy's owner and he or she knows exactly what's going to happen, that if the puppy gets out of line, the adult dog's going to squash him and growl at him and the puppy's apt to yipe and cry. But we know that these adult dogs aren't going to take it too far. Exactly. They're for so, teaching the puppies. So, so situations way, like this dogs. should only be done with a trainer's supervision, with a trainer's dog or a very well-known dog. And don't try it on your own. And don't try anything you see on TV on your own because it's not showing the whole thing.
4: Or don't have a friend go, well, I... I think he's good with puppies, but I'm not sure.
1: (laughs) It's
3: okay. I watched the DVD. I know how to do this. (laughs)
4: Scary. I
3: don't care if it's dog training or building your own house. You can't do it from one DVD. Right.
1: Now, let's let's continue with um, the risks of socialization and one of the reasons why your veterinarian might be a little worried. When kids go back to school, sometimes a few weeks or a month or so after they've gone back to school... A bug goes around or a cold goes around. Petra, your daughter gets sick every year right after school starts. Beginning of school year. Yep. Yep. Unfortunately, sometimes things happen. But we've been teaching puppy classes for 20-some years now. Yeah, over 20 years. And rarely, rarely ever do we have a puppy get sick. Knock on wood.
4: (laughs) I mean, I can't think of the last one ever got sick from our classes. Usually they've called us. Right, and it's from somewhere else. So I took my dog to the dog, dog park. park and got kennel cough. For uh-huh. that
1: time the dog show uh,
4: came right. into town. Alone. Oh yeah, and the dog,
1: dog flu. Yeah, yeah. We had a we had a, a bad exposure to the dog flu from the local dog show. Yeah, they brought it to us. Yeah, yeah. Our dogs got it, and them. one of my dogs got it. Yeah. yeah. So unfortunately, yes, there are some risks. However. If your puppy's had at least a couple sets of shots and he's got a healthy immune system, then chances are he's going to be just fine. But just know the realities.
3: It You yeah. know, you can't keep... Well, I suppose some people do keep their kids out of school
1: yeah. so they never get sick, but that's not life. Right, for, right. For most of us. Right. Now, in closing, Doctor, the veterinarian, Dr. Robert Anderson had an excellent article on puppy vaccinations and early socialization. He recommends that they go together. And uh, on the website, urban dogs, urban dot backslash puppy socialization. In the closing of his article, he says, please remember that the risk of a dog dying of euthanasia because of behavior problems is more than 1000 times the risk of a puppy dying of distemper or parvovirus. He says, early learning, socialization of puppies, and appropriate vaccinations should go together in a wellness program designed to protect the lives of dogs and improve the bond with families, here, period. Here. Here, here. I totally could, agree. Well uh, said. Even yes. as a writer, I couldn't do it any better than that. Well said. Robert M. Anderson. It's Robert K. Anderson, DVM on urbandogs.com. Well done, sir. Yeah, excellent. So socialization, yes, puppies have to have it between the ages of 10 and 16 weeks and then hopefully continuing on into adulthood. An adult dog that hasn't had socialization, there's things you can do, but you can't make up for that puppy time period. And then, yes, there are some risks of it, but you can control those risks. You can make it safe for your puppy. You can be careful. There's some things you shouldn't do, like dog parks and unknown dog packs. (laughs) But you can socialize your puppy well and carefully and ensure both his good mental health and his good physical health. Agreed. Yep. All right, so that's it. Thanks for listening to this episode of It's a Doggy Dog World. We'll be back in a couple weeks with a new podcast. We'll talk to you later.
0: Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding